Welcome everyone to another episode of Church Talks. I am back at St. Francis Springs Prayer Center yet again um, and recording here in person with a friend of mine, uh, Bob Pearson, I believe. Is that your last name? Yes, it is. And I think I originally was was introduced to him as Father Bob, and he was very quick to correct me and say, just Bob. And apparently there have been a few other people that he's done that, so his name is Just Bob. So everyone welcome Just Bob. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Actually, that started a few years back. There was a visiting friar. I may have told you the story. Okay. There was a visiting friar. He was about to be reassigned someplace, mm -hmm. but they didn't have anything available yet. Okay. So he was here for a few months, and he, he would do a podcast every night to the church that he just left. And it turns out he had quite a following. Mm -hmm. And he asked me when he first got here, uh, could I interview you? And I thought, that that's kind of silly, you know, for what? And he says, well, I just talk about the center and what do you do here? And so, mm -hmm. and so I had, you know, during that hour or so, I related a story where sometimes guests come in the front door, and if I'm there checking them in and saying, welcome home, um, they'll say, oh, are you a father? And I'm, well, I'm a dad, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just Bob. Well, for some reason, that tickled him to no end. And he just, he referenced that all the time, and he still does. Yeah. yeah. He, if he stops by or he writes an email, it's, hey, just Bob. Well, I and, remember you saying that, but I, I, didn't, I don't think I put it together that it was a podcaster. Yes, somebody yes, it else. Was. Okay. yes, it was. Good. And then about a, maybe a year later, there was a group that came, I think, from Georgia, maybe South Carolina. But anyway, they, as they came in, they asked Steve, the director, yeah. could we meet just Bob? And he goes, who? <laughs> Just Bob. He works here. Well, anyway, so that's created quite a laugh and a, and a sort of a, uh, uh, that's my nom de plume now. You know, well, just Bob. Yes, so. it has definitely stuck. And you just alluded to it. I wanted to reiterate that, you know, I used to think it was just me that I was so special that when I walked in and you just gave me the most genuine hug and said, welcome home. But you literally do that to everybody that comes through these doors. Well, I actually that started some time back. Yeah. Um, I used to. I mean, I would welcome people, but mm -hmm. I didn't use that particular phrase all the time. Right. And there was a uh, an instance where we had there was a pastor here on his own private silent retreat, and he was here for a week, and he was really good about being silent. So, mm. so I didn't say <laughs> nope. Not many nothing. people can <laughs> can say yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. And but the, on the day he left, uh, I heard him. You know, I was walking through the lobby, and I heard him call me. And he said, "Hey, Bob, can I talk to you?" And I thought, "Oh boy, what happened?" He says, "I can't leave here without expressing to you what a difference when you said welcome home. That made all of the difference for my week here." Mm -hmm. He says, "And I just I wanted you to know that." And I just I digested that, and it, I felt so sort of humble, but like. You know, questioning why would that make a difference? Yeah. Well, I just decided to keep it up, and maybe it'll make a difference for, for you and for others, and uh, and it has, yeah. it has, and it has for me. I'll, I'll share that. Um, when I get a chance to welcome you, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very much like, and sometimes better than a family reunion. Mm -hmm. There's just such a a warmth in. In establishing a relationship 
if it's only for a short time. Right. So for me, it's all gift. It's all grace. Yeah. Yeah, home is, is, in my opinion, it's an atmosphere. It's an environment. It's not a place. Exactly. Um, and so this place is what it is because of the atmosphere that you and Father Louis and Father David yeah. and all of the staff here, and you're not even technically on staff anymore, right? Like, yeah. you you are, but you're not. This is my third retirement. Your uh, third retirement. <laughs> but last year when I stepped away, or when I was thinking about stepping away, mm -hmm. um, made a proposal to the board about continuing on here in some fashion. And I, at that mm -hmm. time, I just anticipated maybe I could just come by and spend a day or two each week sure. just to see people coming in. Yeah. But what my proposal actually turned out to be, um, I've been doing spiritual direction here for a number of years. And I asked the board, could I establish a ministry here just for spiritual direction, mm -hmm. a separate ministry? Um, and they, they approved that. And so we now have six or seven directors available. Wow. Uh, different stripes, male, female. Um, mm -hmm. We're, we're uh, trying to attract people of color in other cultures, mm -hmm. maybe some Hispanics. Um, so that's in progress right now. Yeah. Um, but that the need and the desire for spiritual direction here, I've noticed such an uptick, especially after COVID. Mm. People need to talk. And they need to have somebody to listen, uh, non-judgmentally, yeah. contemplative listening, yeah. and then try to establish where you are. Where is where are you on your journey mm -hmm. with God, with your family, with your mm -hmm. career? What are you discerning? You know, how do you feel about life in general? Right. And where is that taking you, and how are you moving through that? Mm -hmm. And that navigation takes all different forms for, for each individual. Yeah. So. And so you, you basically answered the question I was about to ask because, you know, when you said that, you know, you wanted to have the spiritual direction and yeah. um, that was the first time coming here was the first time I ever actually heard that like coined phrase. Yeah. And so I was like, so, you know, what is that? Is that like a patented thing for here? Is that something that is more so in the like Catholic denomination faith? Mm -hmm. But basically you just, well, said. I mean, it's just, it's conversation. It's having somebody that you can go to as a guide exactly. to help you navigate. Exactly. And, uh, you know, my own personal story on that subject was I grew up as a young Catholic uh, in the conservative Catholic church. Um, mm -hmm. and, Is there a difference? Well, it's it's a constant... Spoken uh, for someone who was not raised Catholic. I'm like, are they not all the same? Well, there are... Uh, th there was a... Uh, um, a council in 1962 um, held in, in Rome in the Vatican where uh, cardinals came together and bishops came together and said, perhaps we, it's time that we need to address the times. We need mm -hmm. to move into where our culture is today. And so Vatican II was a uh, stepping stone into opening up the windows, letting some fresh air in. Up till then, we spoke Latin in church. Of course, we didn't really speak Latin. You know, it was the language of the church, but yeah. you know, nobody, hardly anybody, really understood it. So we had to have a missal so that you could do a translation of what's what's being said right now in Latin uh -huh. to translate it to English. Okay. Vatican II opened up the vernacular. Okay. So so mass liturgy is now spoken 
in, in the common language of wherever it's spoken, mm -hmm. wherever it's held. But that Vatican II was a, a period of time where change was beginning to take place, and it's still ongoing. Um, so that being said, back in the, the older days, mm -hmm. um, spiritual direction was something we read about the saints. They had spiritual directors. Um, okay. Or um, religious people who lived in monasteries and convents and so forth. They might have spiritual directors who were typically ordained. What's happened over the past several years is that the hunger for having somebody listen to me, to, to help, not guide me, but help me navigate through my journey with God. Um, institutions have, have recognized the need for that and have put together training programs, formation programs, to take people, lay people such as myself, um, and lay out what is spiritual direction, how is it practiced, what are the ethics, yeah. uh, and so forth. Uh, so I, after being here at St. Francis Springs, I came here in 2010, 11, somewhere in that time frame. And uh, we had a, uh, a formation program approach us about holding it here, the residency week, an online program from Fairfield University in Connecticut. It's a Jesuit college, Jesuit university. Okay. And, uh, they, they had a program to teach um, ordained priests and brothers how to do spiritual direction, but now they wanted to offer it to lay folks. Yeah. And so this organization out of Charlotte came here to say, can we do this residency week here once a year, mm -hmm. uh, bring in our cohort, and, uh, and begin this process. And so it, it was approved, and they've been coming here ever since. Yeah. And after a, a couple of years of seeing the students go through here, get to know them. It's a four-year program. Huh. The faculty and so forth. Um, all of a sudden, my I sort of recognized the call, and and then I had others approach me that also saw something in me that I was ignoring or I didn't see, and they said, "Why don't you enter this program?" And so, and this was in the last how was, many years? That was in two thousand seventeen. Okay. Sixteen, seventeen. Okay. And, um, and for anybody listening that may listen later, it is 2023. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so within the last probably five, six, seven years, something like that. Yeah. Um, yes. in, in your third retirement. Well, <laughs> that was probably your and second you know, retirement. And of course, like we all do, um, I said, I can't do that. I'm too old. Um, how, how young are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, you know, it's funny. I, my, my last birthday, I had some of my grandkids come. And okay. one, of, one of them from Atlanta, he said, they called me Poppy. And he said, Poppy, how old are you? And I said to him, next year, I'm going to be 20. And he looked at me and he laughed. No, no, you're not 20. <laughs> I said, yeah, next year I'm going to be 20. I was born on leap year. I said, so you have to do the math. Okay. You know? and, he, and he didn't understand leap year. So I said, it's every four years I have a birthday. Yeah. So anyway, so next year I'll be 80. Okay. So, um, but that was one of my excuses for not doing this. This mm -hmm. is, I, you know, I'm here at the Springs. I'm busy. Yeah. Um, I have grandkids that, that I like to spend time with, mm -hmm. um, and I'm too old. And somehow, <laughs> is that discernment oh, process? Oh, but you're not. Yeah. But I've learned through that is that you know we typically come up with excuses when we're faced with a, a potential decision. Yeah. I know where I am. I'm comfortable here. Right. You know, I've got a life, and and I'm, you know, I can navigate through that life fairly well. 
But there's something out here that's in front of me, and it's kind of looking good, mm-hmm. but it's a little scary. Oh, yeah. The fear kind of, um, it just puts up an excuse for me. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do that now. You know, maybe when I was younger, that would be great. But uh, I had a wise faculty member who approached me and said, you're, you're still going to get old whether you do this or not. Mm. So what's the difference? And they said, take a step in and see yeah. how it goes. And use this period of time, this four years, as a discernment process. Well, and one, yeah. Everybody, everybody is in that situation to an extent, where we're comfortable, but there's something that's kind of like just dangling out right in front of us, where we're like it's within reach. Yeah. But I feel, you know, it could be that we we don't feel like we're qualified enough. We don't have enough time. We don't have the resources. We're too young. We're too old. We're too white. We're too black. Yes. We're too whatever. And I'm like, Catherine, that's spot on. And you know, that is one of the um, the main issues that arises in spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about if I should get married, but but. I don't know. <laughs> or um, maybe we're considering a divorce. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid to, mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I can't continue living this way. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I want to be um, after college? What do I want to do with my life? I don't know. And so those questions are scary. Um, I could have used you several years ago. I can use you now. Well, I've never actually done one of the official spiritual direction classes but you have helped me so much like in my journey the last couple years and you don't even know it the interesting thing is at least in my experience is i don't have the answers i can't tell you what to do i mean i haven't got the foggiest idea but by talking it out Mm -hmm. is that you have the answers or if you're open to listen to what's Mm -hmm. what's going on with you what's happening inside internally um what are your feelings which for the male portion of our of our existence here mm-hmm. we weren't taught as, as young men to recognize our feelings to admit them right um, I don't have feelings you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a man I got a man up um, so we gotta fix that <laughs> we're working on it but you know after yeah. after a while of talking through these issues what's you know and my job is to sort of try to pull out a little bit more let's go a little deeper let's yeah. talk about that and if somebody is open to that and willing um, it's just amazing the miracles that take place. Transformation oh, yeah. is just, you know. So when we mm-hmm. meet in a room like this, there's two of us mm-hmm. sitting here. The door is closed. It's private. But there's a third person in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, I very religiously and humbly ask prior to meeting with somebody, yeah. please join us. Yeah. I want you in the room. I want your guidance. <laughs> Keep my mouth shut when it doesn't need to be open. Uh, keep me out of this this picture, mm-hmm. and have your way with us. Mm-hmm. And it, it works. It works. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, this this sounds very similar to like I see a counselor, um, and have been for um, several years now, and it's like you know a a psychologist will go to school to study psychology, and they have a lot of treatments and um, you know ways to to measure cognitive behavior and you know there's all different kinds of techniques and therapies and this seems like like a a talk therapy a counseling session just with a completely spiritual root 
and not just a mental route. Not, not at all mental. It's, yeah. But it's like, you know, we, we have to bring in our mind, body, spirit, everything into it. And so, I mean, like, and this kind of gets into a different, a different area, but it's still in the same. But, like, how would you define or distinguish the mind, body, and spirit? And is one greater than the other? Can one operate without the other? Is one to be focused on more than the other? Um, you know, I try to allow somebody to pay more attention, not so much to what they're thinking, although that is important. Mm -hmm. The brain certainly plays a part. But I also want you to touch base with your body. What's happening? Mm -hmm. How you're breathing? You know, mm -hmm. Your shoulders stressed up? I mean, or yeah. are you relaxed? When you think about this... I'm like, what am I doing now? <laughs> I'm hunched over, I'm exactly. leaning in. <laughs> when you think about what your life's vocation is going to be, you know, mm -hmm. how do you picture it? How does it make you feel? Not just, uh, am I happy or is, it, is this bringing me joy, but what kind of peace is it bringing to me or what kind of anxiety or tension am I feeling? That's good. So those things, they all go together. Um, discernment is a, it's a process. It's not, I'm going to make a decision. Mm -hmm. it's, it can be a lifelong process, actually. Yeah. How do I allow openness to permeate me in most things? I can remember before I, um, I came out of the military and we were talking about marriage. And of course, that was um, a desirable thing to move into and a scary thing at the same time. And so it was, oh my heavens, what am I going to do here? You know. Um, and walking through that process, or stumbling through that process, um, <laughs> turned out okay. but. Um, you know, it's funny, I, 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 maybe I say this too often, but I have the, at my age, the gift of being able to reference back at certain things in my life. Mm -hmm. And then seeing how it played out and the fact that I was not in control. Always thought I was, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not in control. Yeah. And the more I look back and bring that to today, my stress level has, has dropped way down low my uh, my thinking about how am I going to accomplish something or how am I going to walk through this is just it's not totally gone, but I can see where there's no need for me to worry about it because I am not in control and I just uh, there was something I was listening I was listening to a podcast actually, um, and the speaker was talking about how how our life unfolds in different directions. Yeah. And that word, unfolds, grab, grabbed a hold of me in some way that I have difficulty describing. But it's sort of like, it's not a wham, it's, you know, something's going to happen to you now, something mm -hmm. good or something bad. This stuff just unfolds in front of you, mm -hmm. and all you just need to be moving through them as gracefully mm -hmm. and as patiently as you can. And typically, they, they work out okay. And if, they, yeah. if it brings you some stress and some anxiety and fear, <laughs> okay, just continue walking because it'll pass. Right. I just, yeah. Ah. I wish I, I knew some of this stuff when I was a lot younger, but right. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And I, was, I mean, it, younger is always relative. There's going to be people who are, <clears throat> you know, 
10, 15, 20, 30 years older than you. <laughs> um, I know. And I, I prefer to hang out with people that are twice my age. I mean, there's just so much wisdom and, like you said, experience that you can refer back to. And, you know, I just I feel like that, that everybody, regardless of whether they were raised in church, regardless of if they um, profess a certain faith or belief system, there's there's something in every human body yes. <laughs> mind like everyone said that is just longing for like there's something bigger than just me there's something bigger than a career there's something bigger than um getting married having kids like you know i'm we're sitting in this library and i'm looking outside and it's a beautiful it's a very hot day it's yes. the hottest day we've had in a while but you know you just look out in the into nature and especially here at St. Francis, man, like there's just so much beauty in the trees here and everybody needs direction spiritually. And sometimes people don't even know how to ask for it. They don't know where to go to get it. Um, people are skeptical. I'm skeptical. Mm -hmm. Like I have my own belief system. And so I'm like, (laughs) who do we, who do like, how do we know who to believe? And, you know, know. and somebody who is in spiritual direction like yourself and like these other lay people and clergy, like, how can we trust that, like, you know, in no offense, you're still human. You're still a man. You've got your own issues. You know what what I'm saying? Like, I do. And that's why I think you're saying that you don't have the answers. You're just, you have your own experience and you just want to kind of come alongside to ask questions, not to give answers. Yes. There's, so what do, you, what do you say to, like, skeptical people like me? Like, <laughs> You know, it's, um, you're right, we don't have answers. Mm-hmm. And yet we go through life, our ego tells us that we do have, uh, you know, uh-huh. I know the right thing. I know the right political party. Yeah. I know the right church. I know is, it's just such a fallacy. Yeah. We don't, there's so much we don't know. What I do know, after a few years of living, is mm-hmm. that we are all connected. You're not separate from me. Yeah. You know, right now, I can, I'm looking in your eyes, mm-hmm. and we are. So, I don't want to. It's difficult to find the right, correct words, <laughs> but we are. We exist together mm-hmm. in this universe, and we are communicating right now, today, mm-hmm. just on a level maybe that we don't normally do with the population. Sure. Um, so this connection mm-hmm. is something. Um, what's a good word for this? Something that brings life. Mm-hmm. Once we recognize that we are all connected and that there is something bigger than us, yeah. how did we get here? Yeah. How come my heart is beating right now and I don't have to even think about it? Mm-hmm. Why do I want to allow my breath to just continue in and out? In and out. Yeah. There's there's an author. Um, talks about meditation and he says you know if you want to pray all day or you know pray always think about your breath and as you take as you inhale god or the creator however you see him is telling you i love you and as you exhale you're returning that love and then you're doing it again and again and it's for me those the awareness of all of these different factors that connect us all um, allows me to kind of navigate or travel through my my lifetime, 
now in a way that is um, much more life-giving than it ever was. There are things that I say to my spiritual director that I did not say to my spouse. There were some inner things that I just held off. You know, uh, Maybe I was too embarrassed, or maybe I was fearful that she would laugh. Or, of course, I don't think she would. But, um, but when you get to the point where you're willing to open yourself up to someone else, more stuff comes out. Yeah. More stuff, and you start realizing that you do have gifts, that you do have um, qualities and mm -hmm. strengths that you and other people need. Right. One of my earlier directees, young lady, came here on her first visit, and she says, "I got a. I brought you a book." Um, she loaned it to me. She didn't give it to me, and it was a book about aging. And of course, my first reaction was, "Do you think I'm old?" <laughs> <coughs> You're aging gracefully well, and beautifully. Um, but the book on aging was just—it was a story about you woke up this morning and you're alive. You're still mm -hmm. alive. Yeah. Wow, isn't that great? You know, <laughs> and you are the sum total of all of your experiences throughout all the years, no matter how many they are. Mm -hmm. And so those experiences are good and bad, and you've you've traveled through them and succeeded. You're still here. Right. Uh, and then she winds up by saying, "Well, now you've got a responsibility." You gained some wisdom over the years, and now you have to share some of that wisdom whenever you can, you know, without um, pushing it on others. But uh, talk about your own experiences and how you've gotten through the tough times and how you celebrated the, the good times. Just, you know. Right. Because, I mean, I think that whether it is in um, spiritual direction or just in a conversation like this or... Um, in a therapy session, I think that intentionality, um, vulnerability, humility, like all of those things have to be present for there to be change, transformation in any way. Just like, you know, like our conversation now, it's not like normal because other things could have just been like happenstance. You know, we just happened to, to see somebody. Now, of course, if you don't believe in coincidences, that was a divine appointment too. Right. But we scheduled this time. And we knew, like, hey, we're going to be in here for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. It's not going to be just casual talk, although we are drinking coffee and tea, you know, sitting in here. Uh, but, you know, I'm bringing my vulnerable, humble self to be like, I want to learn from you. I want to, like, completely admit that I don't have all the answers. I don't have any. And, you know, and then just being like, I want to learn from you. And like you said, it's like when people open up. And they're willing, and some people are not willing to do that to their best friend, no. their spouse. Exactly. And we need somebody. So you thank know, you for being that person for me, even though I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not coming to you necessarily for direction, but I actually am. <laughs> I'm kind of like cameo. Right. Yes. There was a, um, uh, a statement made by Maya Angelou that caught my attention. Okay. And it was, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, and she talked about, the trauma that we all carry is the untold story. We have stuff mm. in our lives that would be beneficial if we shared them, mm -hmm. but we don't because it's trauma. Yeah. Um, you know, my own childhood was not not a, a good story, not a happy story. Um, you know, there were things that I witnessed with my parents that I wish I could forget. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing that I've carried them all my life, and they kind of 
helped develop my personality. So um, adolescent years um, and, uh, and early manhood, I was um, a wallflower, very reserved, no small talk, uh, not social at all. Not antisocial, but I just didn't felt, feel like I belonged. And um, or I wasn't good enough. In some cases, yes. even in church, I thought, oh, I'm not even worthy enough. Yeah. Um, which is it's that's all garbage. That's nonsense. Um, but it's something that we we carry. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was able to, and again, this was in spiritual direction, and that's why I fell in love with this mm -hmm. gift. Um, is the ability to take the risk and share what what was that trauma. And what was that like for me then? And what's it like for me now? And I can remember my director asking me a question. She said, what would it be like if you went back and visited young Bobby, that's me, <laughs> um, and just consult him a little bit, let him know that everything's going to be okay. And it took me a while to kind of work through that and figure out how do, how do I do that? You know? yeah. But it was helpful. It was very helpful. Um, so, um, you know, I, even though I still carry that trauma uh, and others, at least now I'm able to hold them because I faced them. Mm -hmm. I didn't bury, I didn't try to bury them somewhere because you can't totally get rid of those things. Right. So by bringing it up, talking about it, and then just kind of realizing that it's okay, that was then. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything. Somebody else did something, but I, w I was part of that story. Um, it allows me to just hold it in a way that's healthier now. Right. So, and there's an awful yeah. lot of trauma. And, and I, I'm sorry to hear that, and I did not know that about you. And I can tell that you have done the work of um, healing from a lot of it. And I know that there's been, ha like, there's had to be things that you literally just let go of as far as, like, I, and I'm, I don't know your story, but I, I imagine there was some resentment. There was some... Um, some anger, you know, built up. But when I look at you now, I'm like, I couldn't see you being bitter or holding resentment against anyone. Like, I just, I feel like that you just have such a unconditional, genuine love about you. Well, you and know, did that come from, like, after having <laughs> consoled late, late little in, Bobby? Late in life, yes. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's never too late, I'll put it that way. But right. The, the, the sooner that we can uh, face the fear of being vulnerable, the better off we sure. are. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I even since I came here, like I said, in 2010 or 2011, I noticed. I remember Father Louis, who founded this place. Mm -hmm. I remember him telling me one time, "Bob, you're a people person," and I just—I mean, I turned around and I said, "You know, you're <laughs> this—you got the wrong picture here." This, no, no, you really are, and I'm I'm denying it. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. yeah, but it took me a little while to realize that um, I I have fallen in love with people, just everybody. Um, yeah. There's groups that come back here after, well, after COVID. There was last week there was a group that hadn't been here in three years, and uh, seeing them, it was like a love fest. It was like <laughs> a fam not, not, more than a family reunion. So. And being able to share that with them, and and just, and to be honest, vulnerable enough to say, I just I really love you. Yeah. Oh, so I would never that do that years not, ago. Like that didn't come about until you were here. Yeah. Like yeah. in 2010 or 2011. Yeah. 
Before wow. before I arrived here, um, I had a career. So my mm-hmm. my uh, goal in life was to support my family and stay employed. Yeah, because uh, you were you were in the military. Did was, you retire in the military? No, no. I I left the military. I married, worked for the phone companies. Okay. From then on, up okay. until my wife passed away. Okay. That was two thousand two. And then I thought, well, I don't need that stress anymore. Uh, so I bought a little business over here. <laughs> you talk about stress. Mm. Um, so I did that for seven or eight years. And when I, I finally closed it, mm-hmm. and uh, Father Louie, there was a, a notice in my church bulletin that said, Father Louie's going to be taking uh, people on an immersion trip to El Salvador. And I thought, well, I could do that now, you know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I signed up, went to El Salvador. That was life-changing. I mean, the, the, the one week in visiting small communities was, was really a gift for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the way, Father Louis is there. He's reeling me in. And, you know, Bob, now that you're retired, you can... Don't you, know, you love... Yeah, I know. How, I was going to say how, how he does that, but a lot of people that... It's, it's sneaky, but it's clever. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's genius. And so after a little while, we had a dialogue, and I, I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll try yeah. it out. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, I can work in the kitchen or I can clean rooms, and, um, whatever you want me to do. Uh, and it just turned out to be a grace, mm-hmm. unexpected, overwhelmingly beautiful for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just a thankful puppy. So you've got kids. <clears throat> Five. You've got grandkids. Seventeen. <laughs> I do, I do. Um, do you think that they help to keep you young, or do you think that they're giving you some extra gray hairs? <laughs> you know, I love them all. I mean, yeah. and it, it is such a blessing, right, to mm-hmm. have a large family. But I notice I gravitate towards the youngest ones mm. for some reason. I don't know why. I, yeah. and, and back in February, my kids all came up for my birthday, and, uh, and it was wonderful to sit and listen to the banter between them because some of them hadn't seen each other in a while, and, and now yeah. it's just on text. But I wound up on the floor with a three-year-old doing a uh, Mickey Mouse puzzle or something. And it was just, that was my, that was for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have a, a, you know, one of my younger granddaughters likes to bake. And so now we have Mm -hmm. baking days. Uh, I I was going to say, like, what a blessing it is. Because, you mean, you you love them, but I'm like, they still have a poppy. Is that what they call you? Um, that will get on the floor with them and <coughs> yeah. bake with them and just do life and I mean they, they still like me. I, I and, can't see that. <laughs> and I mean, and you're you're healthy. Like you're in your right frame of mind. You're still. I mean, you probably have more energy than I do on well, most days. That's uh, you know I don't like, know about that. But what a I, testimony I, that is, though. This is um, you know the unexpected part of my life is when I came here. I just mm-hmm. I never expected. I'm, I right. just closed a business and now I'm sort of retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I learned you can't cut your grass more than once a week. You know? <laughs> um, but, but honestly, it was being around the guests that come here that just brought something yeah. out of me that I had no I never recognized before. Um, and it's not that I'm doing anything great. It was just there's stuff there all the while that I just never knew or I pushed aside. Mm-hmm. And a lot of I think a lot of us do that. And I'm finding in spiritual direction that many people um, 
either don't recognize or or just refuse to recognize the gifts that they carry. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, and I, I couldn't do that. You know, oh, I'm not yeah. smart enough, or I'm not holy enough, or whatever it is. Um, just a little bit of encouragement kind of breaks out of your shell. It's true. It, it's been like that for me because I think um, myself and other people that I was raised around, like we were taught to be humble. Like you, yeah. you don't, you don't flaunt your assets. Like you don't um, try to make you know a lot of your gifts that, to be humble. Which I'm like, where, where is the, <laughs> where is the balance? Because like, no, we don't want to be prideful and. Um, and make our gift, you know, and the, you know, the gifts and the callings that God's given us to make that bigger than the giver himself right. or bigger than like the creation that he put them in. But we also don't want to like minimize them and act like they're not there. So like it takes somebody like a trusted, wiser somebody that actually sees it in us when we don't see it in ourselves or when we pushed it down so much to call that out. Exactly. And sometimes it takes a little bit. It takes yeah. a lot <laughs> it does. to pull it out. I, I was asked, uh, my director was asking me one time, well, why do you think you, you were such a wallflower or you know, a, somebody who just stayed on the sidelines all mm-hmm. the while? And I, I thought about that. In fact, and the question also revolved around um, politics. You know, do you speak <laughs> up? Do you, do you share your political views? And I said, no, I don't. And she was trying to help me trace back. What, where did that begin? How were you formed that way? Mm-hmm. And what I came up with after thinking about it was, I vividly recall my mother saying, children should be seen and not heard. And I must have really taken that to heart. It's like, heard that don't so open much. your mouth, you know, yeah. just keep quiet. Um, and I probably still do that to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all... It's it's cultural. It is not mm-hmm. who we're made to be. Right. You know, we are we are created with a, um, a set of values that we've picked up, uh, mm-hmm. gifts, um, strengths, talents, and when we don't use them, we are you know we're dissing God. Yeah. We're telling him <laughs> no. I'm I'm smarter than you. Yeah. And that's dangerous. The the, the phrase that you just said. You know, that I've heard a lot of um, adults <laughs> say in reference to children is, you know, they're to be seen and not heard. Um, I've also heard that in reference to women. Um, I've heard that in reference to um, certain, like, ethnic ethnicity groups or certain denominations to where it's like, you know, whoever's saying it, they're making a hierarchy. Exactly. And, you know, and I believe in a guy that doesn't respect person to person. Like, he's not, he's not showing favoritism. Um, he can use whoever he wants, whenever he wants, in whatever ways he wants, you know, if we're willing. Exactly. That's all it takes. It doesn't take a, a perfect track record. It doesn't take all these skill sets and all these giftings. Like, I know. I know. What, whatever you have, he'll use. You know, I've been watching since it came out this TV series called The Chosen. Love it. And what a, what a blessing it is. To be able to review scripture in some mm-hmm. way that really brings it all to life, mm-hmm. to, to a human life, the same humanity that we experience. Right. Um, and I don't see Jesus cussing anybody out. I don't see him dissing the Romans. Um, but he does call out his own church. 
-hmm. There's a bunch of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> There's a lot of that floating around in our different denominations. It is. Um, one of the things I enjoy, this, this space here, this building, and mm -hmm. the, I call this holy ground. Yeah. When guests come here, I, I just love being around these people and, I, and just interacting. Yeah. But at the table. I think I might come here more often just to do what you do and just to be around people. Well, but at the table, sharing a meal with people of different mm -hmm. backgrounds, different cultures, different beliefs, political, mm -hmm. denominational, whatever it is. Sharing a meal all of a sudden allows an, uh, an equal basis to just talk. Mm -hmm. and um, listen to the other. And I think that is a most important aspect of our churches. We need to listen to each other, not accuse, point fingers, um, refuse, mm -hmm. uh, alienate. Um, Jesus didn't alienate any of his disciples. He didn't push any of his disciples away. And the one, that I'm, the one I'm thinking about was the guy that, <laughs> that turned him in. Yeah. Um, he's, you're welcome at the table. Yeah. If he can do that, certainly we can. We could, uh, we could learn a lot uh, from this man, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, man. All right. So, what's happening but, in your life, Catherine? This is not a podcast for my life. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, right. so much is is happening, and um, you know, there's there's a lot that I could talk about on the external, um, with you know, moving to a new city this past week and um, exploring in my new career, the one that I've had the last couple of years and um, just joining a new chamber of commerce. Like there's all these things where it's like, these are all external things and what people see and what is going on inside of me is what you can, I'm sure tell because like I'm hungry and I'm like wanting to pull like from you. And I'm, I'm doing that in a lot of ways. And some people, have expressed concern because they say that I'm, I'm being too open-minded. Um, I'm, I'm being too like broad in my horizon. And I'm like, I think what I've done most of my life is I've been too narrow. I've been too laser focused that I've missed a lot of how big God is. And that's where we get into like, who's right, who's wrong. Um, who can I trust that has all the answers? I haven't met anyone yet that I can trust fully. You know, uh, I, I came across <laughs> I came across an article that I copied. Uh, I don't have it with me, but it was it was a woman expressing her desire to just live a life that she's been given, and so mm -hmm. she uh, it's a full page, but in essence, yeah. what she says is, "I want to be able to get in my car and roll down the windows and sing out loud. Mm -hmm. I want to wear pink shoes. I want to paint my walls the color of the sky that it is right now." And she says, I want God to belly laugh with the joy of knowing that I so much enjoy being alive. Oh. And, you know, we, we restrict ourselves. And, you know, it's partly ego and partly culture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe there's some shame, too. Maybe there's yeah. some guilt. But whatever it is, we need to learn how to live. Mm -hmm. And living means um, being open, like you said. Mm-hmm. You're, you think you're too open? <laughs> you know, cherish that. Yeah. Uh, savor that, that the ability to be open. And it just means you have to go in every direction that calls you. Right. It just means you're open to it. 
That's yeah. all. And there's, you know, and measure what's going on internally, physically, mm -hmm. spiritually. Mm -hmm. how's, it, how's it landing in your gut? Mm -hmm. uh, and move through it that way. Um, this, is, this is a life to be lived. And I think if we don't live the life that we're given, yeah. then we are uh, being disrespectful of the Creator. He created us to live in joy and abundance. And it doesn't mean monetarily abundance, although right. it could. But life, life itself is yeah. has abundant possibilities. That's just it's a shame we just blow it off sometimes. It's true, and I, I know that I keep getting back to like things that I've heard or you know was taught that I'm trying now to uproot and try to find like okay like was there a nugget of truth in this or whatever but um you know i was taught to believe that basically our a life of following jesus is just suffering um self-denial um constantly putting yourself last for the sake of everyone else and although i see such humility and you know him humbling himself and even to the father saying like i want a different way that's easier and more yeah. comfortable but nevertheless not my will but yours and so I'm like I know we're kind of wrapping up this podcast but maybe we can just like end somehow on this are we to live a life that Jesus exemplified of what we think of as suffering or just like you were talking about the chosen like I see him doing life and and laughing, yes, and yes. enjoying it. And of course, he knew there was going to be suffering for a time, yep. but for a purpose, and it was for the joy set before him yeah. that he endured the cross. So, like, are we that joy now? Where, well, you know, <laughs> well, I could I could talk for days, but yeah, this my own personal viewpoint here mm -hmm. is that you know life is. Uh, I won't even say it's a balance, but there are times of joy and times of suffering, mm -hmm. sorrow, yeah. happiness. Yeah. But it all goes together. The way I can uh, reconcile it from my life is that whatever it is, I'm going to go through it mm -hmm. as best I can, knowing that there's a resurrection towards the end. Yeah. All right? So that's, for me... It, it makes it makes it easier for me, and it's not an excuse, but it's something for me to look forward to, and so I can handle mm -hmm. some of the pain, um, disappointments, um, even you know, when I get angry, I bury it, or I try to bury it. Right. And, but I'm thinking, you know, all right. So that's the way I am. All right. But I know that there's going to come a resurrection. There's a time when there'll be new life in me. Um, so let me celebrate that rather than the anger. Let me celebrate that rather than the frustration and the, and the pain I'm going through. So, um, mm. just helps me <laughs> move through it easier. Yeah. So. Well, sometimes, um, like in these podcasts, I have rapid fire questions um, where you just say, you know, whatever comes to your head. And so I want to ask, um, you know, a few of these, but. I don't know that I've ever asked my guests to pray for the listeners oh. um, at the end of an episode, and I really just feel like that I would love for you to do that when we okay. end today. Is that, are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. Um, 
Rapid so, fire questions that I sh maybe I should have studied. <laughs> <laughs> I intentionally do not give okay. these to my, my guests in advance. Okay. Um, I have about 50 that I pick from, and sometimes I select them in advance, but sometimes I'm just like, you know, I don't know what the conversation is going to look like. But I do have a question for you. Go ahead. I don't know that I've ever seen you eat when we're here, <laughs> um, but I assume you do. So what is your favorite meal? Oh, um, you know, years ago, Father Louis gave me, showed me a recipe, and, and I've made it several times when I was cooking, okay. and and I haven't been eating a lot of meat of late. Okay. Once in a while, but not. There was something about looking at meat in the grocery store that just kind of turned me off. But <laughs> so I do a lot of rice, and I do some uh, um, polenta. But okay. I did make some of this chicken. It was called chicken a la grace. And it okay. just comes out. It's it's in flour and and butter, a lot of butter. <laughs> and, uh, and it just okay. comes out so good. So I, I, I enjoyed that. It was just yesterday. Yeah. Well, but, but I do eat. Yes. I know. I've had so many meals here. One of my favorite parts about this place is the food here. And I'm like, I don't think that you've ever eaten, like, while I'm here, you're always like running around. Yes, yeah, it's just <laughs> Well, so you said you mentioned a, a quote earlier from Maya Angelou. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite quote or one like just that you have heard in your life that has impacted you and influenced you more than another? Yes. yes. Okay. And it's and actually it came out of my formation for spiritual direction. Okay. And it just it was one of those things that just hit me and just took root. Mm -hmm. And it was just it's just a, an expression and it's. Christ in all things. And when I pondered that initially, it was, okay, I know, God is everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it's Christ in all things. In all things. It's in attitude. It's in yeah. um, how I treat other people. How do I respect different points of view? How do I, how do I view the church that I attend versus the church that I don't attend? And Christ is present everywhere. So, in all things, and it's not—it's uh, just a—it's <laughs> for me. It's a way of living now. Right, and it's—I don't even know that you can um, quote someone saying that because I'm pretty sure it's Colossians three, Colossians one or Colossians three that basically talks about like. This is a test, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like we can quote Paul. How about okay. that? Yeah, right? All right. But um, but yeah, I would love for you to um to end this episode with with praying for the listeners and for me and um just however hmm. the Lord leads you to pray. All right. Spirit of God, Holy One, Creator, Lover. We honor your presence here today with us. We ask you to continue holding us as intimately and as closely as you do even when we don't recognize it. Our vulnerability, our ability to interact with one another, and our desire to be closer to you are things that I think we all crave and we all search for. So I'm asking, help us. Be with us. Keep us open. Open to your will. Open to life open to joy and accepting of sorrow and pain. And I ask this as everything in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. 
Amen. 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 Thank you, Just Bob. I remember several <laughs> years ago when we do a blessing before the meal, uh -huh. I generally will ask people, would somebody like to lead the blessing? Yeah. And there was a group of younger people here. Now, I grew up Catholic, right? Okay. Early on in Catholic history was you learn your prayers, you mm -hmm. memorize them, or you read them. Right. And so I asked this group, who would like to offer a blessing? And nobody answered. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And so I prayed. And when we were done, this young lady standing across looked at me, and she says, you pray just like a Protestant. <laughs> I thought, what a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> This is wonderful. So I like it. Catherine, oh I've gosh. enjoyed this. I really have enjoyed this. Well, I just enjoy you. So you need to come back and just and have dinner with us. And maybe we could talk again in this room. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the more that I come here, I literally meet somebody every single time I come here. Um, <laughs> some have already been on my podcast. I have a few that have yet to be. And um, yeah, so it's like that's what keeps me coming back is obviously the atmosphere but it's just like god who are you going to put in my path today like who is going to be here today that and i, I can connect and, with? And, and i don't mean to hold you up here but this is i'm here till dinner time i recognize <laughs> that that there is no accidental coincidences right. serendipity right specific people are put in front of you for a specific reason yeah and, and and recognizing that all of a sudden makes the difference in how do i interact with you mm. because now it's not like there's a an obligation other than just to be present to you. And being present is all I've got. Yep. So. All right. That's it, y'all. Thanks for listening to another episode of Church Talks. Hey, before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of Church Talks, could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, that would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.